Greetings, and welcome to the Eclectic Collection. Today is episode 106, Bigfoot's Cousin. Well, you knew this was coming because we were talking about Bigfoot slash Sasquatch before, and now we got to talk about the Yeti. No, not your Tumblr. Although somebody gave me one of those, and I really didn't use it, so my apologies. So the Yeti is like the um, cousin? We'll call him the abominable snowman in Western pop culture, although in Rudolph, he's kind of a cool dude. And he's really known to inhabit the Himalayan mountain range in Asia. He's like the uh, frozen furry buddy, if you will, to Sasquatch. So articles have been offered as an attempt to prove the existence. They're always out to prove the existence of a large, hairy, person-like creature. And there are supposedly sightings and video and audio and photographs and clusters of footprints and whatnot, but... um that's the same stuff they had on Sasquatch, and none of that panned out. So none of this really pans out either, but people do believe it. The origin of the Yeti is some weird combo of Sherpa folklore and misidentified uh, bears or yaks, um, basically the Bigfoot of North America that, like I said, is the Frosty style. So they're very similar descriptions, but this guy is in the cold regions, and um, he's basically a large bipedal ape-like creature maybe less on the the bear or, or kind of uh, man-like that they would think, but uh, he could have brown or gray or white hair, so they're kind of going all over the place with that. And he's got large, sharp teeth. And Tibetans um, believe that the varieties of yetis, which, I mean, who knew that there were varieties of yetis, and that the um, black-furred yeti would be the largest, fiercest, I believe they call these the Nayamo, and apologies for my uh, pronunciation here because I'm just uh, not uh, wonderful at uh, Asian languages. I, I try my best, but I don't have too many words there. So they're supposedly the, the king, if you will, of the Yetis, and then they're 15 feet-ish tall, and that would put us um, around somewhere in the 8,000 to 10,000 feet above sea level where where they are residing so they're already like standing high above the um you know usually himalayan mountains and you know i'm thinking like everest of course in my head for disney at animal kingdom now they made an entire um attraction out of it and it is popular it's a good ride and they do have what i like to call disco yeti because unfortunately when they made the replica um, the theming's really good. I mean, it's all obviously supposed to take place in Asia in the Himalayas. And if you go through the queue, there are all sorts of like sightings and writings and things that give to the legend of the Yeti and say like, oh, careful if you're going on this ride. So the theming is really fantastic. But if you really look in, in the details of it, they went so far, Joe Rody had, um, he was one of the Imagineers who put the ride together. They made a... Um, airliner, an airliner arm to swing. That's how much, an, it was a jet engine of an airliner. That's how much um, force was behind the arm that used to swing on the animatronic Yeti. It worked maybe a year and then it started to compromise the integrity of the coaster. So they had to put it in B mode and now they have strobe lights behind it, hence the term Disco Yeti. So it looks like his arm is swinging, but it's really not. So um, it feeds into all this uh, info and sightings. However, um, Russian folklorists sometimes say that uh, Chuchuna is their alleged name for the Yeti, and they have like, a different spin on it. And in Buddhist beliefs, he's totally only in the Himalayan area. He was definitely adopted by Tibetan Buddhism, 
and he was considered a non-human animal that was human enough to be able to um, follow uh, the Dharma. So we'll have to figure out whether or not you believe in the stories of the Yeti becoming um, like a helper or disciple to religious figures. Like he was a, a positive uh, entity. And in Tibet, the images of the Yetis are paraded and occasionally worshipped as guardians against evil spirits. And again, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast when you talk about Sasquatch slash Bigfoot. He's never really gone down as like a bad guy. Like they always found him to be positive, um, helpful, never hurting a human. He might have taken livestock, you know, picked off a deer or something, had a little snack on a chicken, but he never hurt a person. Um, and it seems to be carrying over that way. So it's like he's some sort of guardian. Like he's scary because he's tall and he's got sharp teeth and he has the capability of hurting you. But like, it's better to be loved or feared, I guess. Like he's revered. So therefore he's safe and safe to you. But um, in this case, worshipped. But um, he's got his own... Uh, story and like I said it's a frozen cousin to uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch and, and again he wasn't supposedly bad either so it was just kind of a, a positive spin on a legend which is nice because a lot of times they get a bad rap and it's a creature or something that's trying to hurt you and I didn't get a sense of malevolence in anything that uh, we researched so if you like what you heard today then check out a collected collection podcast.com or listen to us on your preferred platform I'm Terry Tenaglia thanks for listening